If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, the official podcast of the summer season. My name is Becca, and do you like getting in here? Oh, yeah. You know, to tell the truth, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. (laughs) My name is Josh, and have you ever got the notion that he's just a rat with wings? I'm the king of seven oceans. Vicky, you're my everything. It's a good song. Yeah, it is. Aquaman's Lament, for those curious. We are a podcast that talks about Silver Age Batman, Silver Age Batman villains, Silver Age Batman characters. And this week, we're talking about Vicky Vale. Batman's girlfriend. Yeah, more or less. Sometimes. Sometimes. Batman's sometimes on and off girlfriend. We'll talk a little bit about who we prefer a little bit later. Really? I wrote, okay. that, I wrote that into the script. Oh, interesting. Don't, don't worry about it. Got it. Should we start with news? Yeah, let's start with news. Uh, oh, did you say that we love each other? Yes, I did. Okay. I just got to make sure the, viewer, the listeners know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, maybe I didn't. <laughs> we love each other. We do. Very much. Very much. And if we don't tell ourselves that, we we Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, so so all was sort of quiet on the Batman news front this week. Uh, There's only one piece of news that I was able to scrounge up, and it's that Batman Day is upcoming. It's going to be in like three weeks, September 18th, and supplies of comics will be reduced and delayed due to supply chain issues caused by the pandemic. I know. Some of the issues that are going to be coming out in uh, limited quantities on Batman Day are Batman the World, which is an anthology created by 15 different creators from 15 different countries telling a Batman story set in each one's homeland. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What are, do you know some of the countries that are no, going to be? No, I don't. I okay. don't. Uh, and one of the other ones is Batman Nightwatch Bat Tech, which is a kids-oriented one-shot that ties into the new AR augmented reality applic- uh, application and toy line that they're coming out with yeah. that we've discussed on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And they're also doing a reprint of Batman Fortnite number one, uh, which is, they're going to sell for a dollar. And <laughs> miss for a dollar. Here's a Batman comic. Here's a Batman comic with Fortnite characters. And they're also going to have a collected edition available as well that has every single one of the Batman Fortnite. Very cool. So, slow news week this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not much. Not much to cover. All right. Well, we're going to go straight into a new segment that it took us a really long time to come up with a title for. <laughs> but we've decided to call it DC Denizens. And if you think of a better title, let us know. Then a couple of the ones that we threw around were Gotham's Greatest, although we might have people on this segment who aren't don't live in Gotham, like Jimmy Olsen. And I don't know. I was thinking of calling it a non-hero story or something like that. And then mm-hmm. Josh was like, well, what if we do Jim Gordon? He's a hero. <laughs> so that was the argument there. So DC Denizens. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for now. Yeah. If you Work, have a, working if you, title. If you have a better one, feel free to email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts. So this episode of DC Denizens is all about Vicky Vale, Batman's sometimes, well, not Batman, Bruce Wayne's sometimes girlfriend, who has gone through a lot of character changes over the years, but a lot of things have remained very consistent about her character. Yeah, she's a reporter. She is a reporter. She's a photojournalist, actually. Uh So that makes her legally distinct from Lois Lane, and don't you dare say otherwise. (laughs) Lois Lane isn't a photojournalist. Jimmy Olsen takes the pictures for Lois Lane. Yes. (laughs) Vicky takes the pictures. And that's actually remained very consistent over... The years, every portrayal of Vicky is always mm-hmm. something to do with her photography. Uh, if you've watched any of those like breakdowns of like all the little details that you missed in Suicide Squad, a lot of people have pointed out that the island they go to, Corto Maltese, was mentioned in Batman 1989. Uh, Vicky Vale had recently taken photos there, and mm. Bruce Wayne was saying that he had seen her work from uh, her trip to Corto Maltese. Huh, so, okay, yeah, and it's like a you know, it's a it's a DC. 
universe place so they were able to work Mm -hmm. that into the 89 movie Mm -hmm. so when was she introduced like what year was she introduced because the comic that we're going to be reading is from 1956 Mm -hmm. which is the very start of the silver age so we're going over her first silver age appearance in this episode yeah but she was created in she was created in 1948 i believe which was a year before the first serial that she appeared in oh Uh, yeah unlike alfred she wasn't created for the serials she was created in the comics first, and then a year later appeared in the serial called Batman versus the Wizard, which is really strange. And if you like riff tracks or like Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, they did a whole, you know, riff tracks of uh, Batman versus the Wizard. I think so. it was just called Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin? Yeah. I know there's something like versus the Wizard in there somewhere. Well, the Wizard is, is the, like name of the villain that they're after maybe maybe the like full title is batman and robin versus the wizard yeah but the first one was titled batman and then the second one was batman and robin Mm -hmm. but vicky does appear in that yes which we watched some of it i don't remember her at all so Uh, i do remember her because she again like in in a lot of the comics especially when she was first introduced i know that like a big part of her character is that because she's a journalist she's always like just on the cusp of figuring out who batman's secret identity is yes and that's sort of her gimmick in the uh in the movie it kind of it it, she gets replaced in the 66 tv series by um the what is it aunt um and harriet and harriet who like you know she's kind of sort of a character that batman and robin have to work around to keep their identity secret like they have to continue coming up with lies always good to keep the pressure on yeah (laughs) it's not like the crime fighting is pressure enough (laughs) all right so yeah uh vicky was created by bob kane bill finger and lou schwartz and bob kane says he based vicky vale's look on the features of a young model named norma jean mortensen who would later become marilyn monroe Kane claims to have met Mortensen early in her career. However, there is little evidence to support his claim. That apparently was just a thing he used to just say. Oh, He's boy. like, I met Marilyn Monroe before he was famous. Before she was famous. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, Kane has a lot of dubious claims that he's made. Yeah. I was reading his Wikipedia article today, and I found out that uh, he would hold, like, art galleries where he would show off his art, and it came to light like after the fact that some of those paintings were like ghost painted and he was passing them off as his own. I mean, do we know if he even drew the original Batman comics? <laughs> yeah, he he did cuz Bill Finger like confirmed that. And Bill Finger confirmed I think that he was the for sure the creator of Two-Face. But there's characters like the Joker and Penguin. and Penguin and stuff where there's like disputed. Like Bob Kane says that he came up with the idea, but there's other people who are like, well, it was more of a conversation between me and Bob Kane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where like I came up with the idea and then Bob Kane helped me flesh it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. This isn't a segment on Bob Kane. So there you go. She remained a prominent character throughout the Golden and Silver Ages, most often as a love interest for Bruce Wayne, who is always one step away from discovering his double life as Batman. In the 50s and 60s, Vicky worked for, I'm going to pronounce it VU, V-U-E, VU magazine as a photojournalist. I think it was, it's VU. I pronounce it VU. VU. Yeah. VU. 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 Either way, it's French. Most of her earlier stories, such as the one we'll read today, revolve around her getting very close to discovering Batman's secret identity, only to be outwitted at the last moment, usually due to her own (laughs) short-sightedness. Many of Vicky's stories throughout the comic ages would revolve around her tendency towards jealousy, whether that was towards another would-be Bat-girlfriend, or in a notable Silver Age story where she and Batwoman are both nominated as Gotham's Woman of the Year, and they spend the entire comic trying to upstage and outdo each other until finally deciding to work together to take down a crime boss and share the title of Woman of the Year. Nice. Yeah. See, ladies, you're both pretty. (laughs) I kind of want to read that comic. Maybe we can do that for a future episode. Okay, okay. So when Julia Schwartz took over as editor in 1964, Vicky was dropped as a character along with several other Silver Age staples like Batmite, Ace the Bat Hound, Batgirl, and Batwoman, which I think is very sexist. <laughs> and he drops all these great female characters. Um, but Josh wanted me to point out that he did, however, introduce Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Perhaps he has a thing for sexy librarians. <laughs> and he's like, she'll be the only woman in my DC universe. 
Uh, or was it that the ABC show asked for another, like a female character that they could use? Because I know that the Batgirl Barbara Gordon was um, sort of developed in conjunction with the 66 television series. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that it wasn't even the editor's choice. Maybe. It's just, you know, synergy with the network. Yeah, yeah. So that was in 1964. And then there was a super long hiatus where Vicky was not seen or heard from at all. And she returned for one comic in 1977. Uh, and so that was like over a decade then. It was 13 years. 13 years later. Um, and she mentions in this comic that she's married to a man named Tom Powers. And then she immediately disappears for five more years. <laughs> so she resurfaced again in 1982. And the writers of this comic, seemingly unaware of her 1977 appearance, had her start up her relationship with Bruce Wayne once again. When fans wrote in, furious that Bruce would carry on with a married woman, the writers were quick to have Vicky clarify that she'd gotten divorced. (laughs) It's widely believed that the writers of this 1982 comic had zero knowledge at all of her appearance in 1977 and truly thought they were bringing back a character who hadn't been seen or heard from since 1964. Wow. So almost... uh, uh, what is that? Tw- Eighteen years? Yeah. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Wow. That's... I love it. And like the fans were immediately like, "How dare he? She's married. Oh no! You can't have Bruce go on with a married woman. Doesn't he know?" And immediately in the next comic, Vicky was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm divorced. Anyway, <laughs> let's keep on with our romance." Don't mess around with comic fans. They like really know their stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious because why would these? Why would these writers read a comic from five years ago to figure this out? Like, mm-hmm. And this was before the internet where you couldn't just Google, like, when's the last time Vicky Vale appeared? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny that this kind of stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, where fans write in and the, and the writers have to, like, retcon stuff, like, mm-hmm. on the fly to be like, oh. <laughs> I'm surprised that fans back in uh, 1982 were so like morally pure that they were like no Bruce's soul he can't commit adultery how dare he (laughs) would he be committing adultery or would only Vicky be committing adultery it takes two to tango Uh, yeah the fans knew that (laughs) (laughs) I guess I don't know how does that work I don't know either way they they fixed it so in her new run, Vicky returns to her jealous ways, feuding with Catwoman for Bruce's affection and angered by Bruce's closeness to Alfred's daughter, Julia, who was living in Wayne Manor at the time. Uh, during one storyline of this time, Vicky gets really pissed off that Selena Kyle is the new woman in Bruce's life. Uh, she then tries to quit her job and goes to Guatemala to investigate a criminal ring. There, she is kidnapped by the Joker and ultimately saved by Batman. <laughs> Aw, maybe he does care. (laughs) Even though he's carrying on with all these other women. And the Joker. And the Joker. (laughs) So following Crisis, Vicky and Bruce dated on and off with her being used periodically as a kidnapping victim in various storylines. She also hosted a daytime talk show called The Scene, which is similar to The View. So which DC women would you put on like a five-person daytime talk show? They can be heroes, villains, or civilians. Who do you think would create the best like drama and fights? Oh, boy. And I have some specifics of like archetypes that they put on The View. Okay, okay. Give me the, give me the, give me the archetypes so I can match them up. Okay, so you got to have a Barbara Walters. She's like the executive producer. She started The View a thousand years ago. She's like an old, you know, real news hound. She, she gets the story. She's, you know, mostly all business, but she can get a little drunk. Okay, uh, I mean, that sounds like Lois Lane a little bit. Yeah, like an older Lois Lane. Yeah, maybe. Do we have any older DC women who would like fit that mold too not really Ma Kent <laughs> <laughs> I would put I would put uh, specifically who is that Diane Lane from the uh, the Snyderverse movies <laughs> that Ma Kent uh, where yeah, she doesn't the, get involved in the drama she's smart she's above it all the only other like older DC woman that I can think of right now is Leslie Tompkins who is like a doctor yeah. and I feel like she wouldn't never be on a talk show I your Lois Lane. Lois Lane would definitely stay above it all. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, Rosie Perez, the actress, was a host of The View for a long time. So would her Birds of Prey, uh, Renee Montoya, be a good person to add into the mix? (laughs) 
So what's that stereotype though? Is did she, is she like the type of person who starts fights? Is she the uh, type of person who like what 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 is I mean, her... I know Rosie Perez like speaks her mind. I mm. feel like her Renee Montoya would also speak her mind. She'd be like a little bit of like the Joy Behar where it's like if somebody starts to get like out of line, she like whips them back into shape. Hmm. I feel like that might be a good one to add into the, the team. <laughs> Okay. okay. And then here's the really, really important one. Every season of The View has this one, and everyone always hates her, so I don't know why they keep bringing her back over and over and over again in different bodies. Uh, but who's the outspoken blonde conservative that everyone fights with? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. See, I was thinking throwing Harley Quinn on, on a show like this would be absolutely Hilarious. Harley would cause... be great. Harley would physically kill people in the middle of the episode, though. So that <laughs> might not work too well she for would, ratings. She would, I mean, she would start fights for sure. Mm-hmm. She would, uh, and, and also, like, she's also a doctor, so she can hide behind that as, like, you know, how dare you disrespect me? I have a doctorate. Yeah. You read that comic, that, uh, that like, election year special comic where, like, all the DC villains, like, stated yeah. what their political beliefs are. Yeah. Are I there did. any female? Female conservatives in the DC universe you can think of? Uh, actually, Lois Lane, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. Lois Lane. Lois Lane, uh, she when she's talking to Clark Kent like about like oh you know who who are you gonna vote for? And she's like very staunchly for the conservative leader. Yeah. Uh, and then also Wonder Woman is for one of the Republican candidates. It it's during the, the this story that I read takes place during the primaries, so there's multiple Republican and Democratic candidates. And one of the Republican candidates is like a veteran. And mm, so Wonder Woman Wonder sides Wonder with the veteran because she's, you know, it's about warriors and, and like how he's a, a strong like warrior leader. Yeah. I could totally believe Diana as the like blonde conservative who's like just tunnel vision on like patriotism. <laughs> I, where she, she'll excuse anything, any war crime, any anything just because she's like but they're fighting for our country and our freedom <laughs> I mean, and war is noble she's not blonde yeah i can't th- i mean the only blondes in the dc universe i can think of are uh you know dinah lance and she definitely is not a conservative <laughs> <laughs> no no um yeah and and harley harley's, and harley harley's a blonde yeah <laughs> all right any so okay so our 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 five person panel we've got lois lane We've got um, Renee Montoya. We've got Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we gotta throw in uh, Black Canary to, to specifically fight with Wonder Woman. Oh wait, there's there's one <laughs> there's one more there's one more. Um, who's the calm Whoopi Goldberg one who just watches everyone fight? <laughs> that one, in my opinion, I have one. But you go ahead. Uh, no, tell me yours first. Amanda Waller. <laughs> oh, Amanda yes. Waller would be the Whoopi Goldberg yes. type. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. I don't even think anything that I can come up with is better than that. Yeah. <laughs> so DC, get at me. I can make it happen. We got Lois Lane, uh, Renee Montoya, Wonder Woman, uh, Dinah Lance, and Amanda Waller. Mm. That's that's my five person in the view. It's uh, you know it's diverse. It's uh, lots of opinions. It's women who, you know, have a good synergy and a good rapport. They come from different parts of the DC universe, different cities. So they all have, uh, you know, different different perspectives. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and none of them have dated each other's boyfriends. So that also would keep them from fighting too much. I Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> Tell me more about Vicky Vale. So Vicky played a big role in the Battle for the Cowl storyline, where she discovered... The identities of several members of the Bat family. Oh, wow. Good job, Vicky. You finally so did wait, it. So wait, Battle for the Cow, this was in 90s? Battle for the Cow was like mid-2000s. Mid-2000s. It was pre-Flashpoint. Okay. But Batman had like, I don't know, gone missing. Yes, he's he, lost in time because he gets struck with uh, Darkseid's Omega Beams after Batman like shoots him with something. Yeah. Um, and she also discovers who... Batman's secret identity is, which is Bruce Wayne. Um, and, like, Bruce Wayne had gone missing at the time, but, like, Thomas Elliot Hush was, like, pretending to be Bruce Wayne. Anyway, it's a big mystery. Um, but she discovers the identities of several members of the Bat family and threatens to out them. Um, she is then convinced to keep her secret after falling into the hands of Ra's al Ghul, and Batman, you guessed it, rescues her. <laughs> and he's like, I finally rescued you. Please don't tell anybody who I am. And she's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's some weird thing in there that Rachel Ghoul reveals that she's the descendant of some like French warrior named like Valet. And he like he, Valet's lover was somebody who Rachel Ghoul like wanted to court and so he's all like jealous and upset and that's why he was like trying to kidnap Vicky because she like represented like a centuries old grudge that he had that's with wild. her ancestor. That's super weird. It is weird. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, Vicky Vale in the Batman 1989 movie. Okay. Which we quoted at the top of the episode, uh, which Josh is a huge fan of. Ah, uh, yes. I like it a lot. I think I like Batman Returns a little better. but That's fine. That's my opinion. To each their own, but I think it's the best Batman movie we have so far. Mm-hmm. So fun fact, Batman 1989's screenwriter Sam Hamm admitted that he included Vicky as the heroine of the film because she was the character who was Batman's main squeeze when he began reading the comics. Oh. So it really is for that reason alone that he was like, okay, out of all the bad girlfriends, I could choose uh, Vicky Vale. Because that's the one that he thinks of when he thinks about Batman's girlfriend. So is he talking about the 82 comic where she returned? Or is he talking about... No, no he's talking about so. the 60s. I think 60s. he's talking about like the 60s. Okay. Is when he started reading comics. I think I saw he was born in like the 40s. So okay, okay. If he started reading comics when he was 10. Yeah. Yeah, was... He, yeah, so late late 50s into the, into the 60s. Mm-hmm. Not so fun fact, Vicky was originally going to be played by Sean Young, a.k.a. Rachel from Blade Runner. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but she injured herself while filming a horseback riding scene that was eventually cut from the film. And I realized it's kind of cruel that they left in that scene of Alfred talking about being injured while horseback riding, <laughs> which inexplicably makes Vicky burst out laughing. It's not a funny story, but it's right after that uh, long dinner table scene. They're in the kitchen, and Alfred's talking about, like, spraining his ankle and having Bruce, like, tow him back on his, like, little gray pony. And Vicky's like, ha-ha, that's so funny. And it's like, it's not funny to get hurt while horseback riding. Weird, right? Yeah. I don't know if they did that on purpose. I don't know. It was probably already in the script. Probably not. And then just one more little tidbit. Uh, Vicky appears in an early draft of Batman Returns, which was also written by Sam Hamm, uh, which was eventually scrapped. So do we think it would have been interesting to see a love triangle between Vicky, Bruce, and Selina? Hmm. It might have been interesting, yeah, for mm-hmm. him to have to balance them. Was this the early draft that had Robin in it? I have no idea. Okay, okay, because I'm pretty sure... Either there was an early draft of Batman Returns that had Robin in it, or they had written a, a version of, like, the third sequel that Robin was going to be in before Schumacher took over directing. Well, I'm, Robin was in the third sequel. Yeah, but it was, like, a different Robin, mm-hmm. basically. I think you are thinking of Batman Returns, because that was supposed to be uh, one of the Wayans brothers. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was the same draft. I have no idea. But Interesting. It was scrapped. Um, who do you ship more? Uh, Bruce and Selena or Bruce and uh, Vicky? Who do you think makes a better bat couple? Bruce and Justice. I think he's like too busy to have a serious girlfriend. Him and him and Catwoman work a little better because they can... They have the same schedule. They can work together. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say they, they get more time together <laughs> just like by nature of the fact that they both are prowling the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I think that he's a bit too much concerned with his duties as Batman to ever hold a serious relationship. Yeah. It's hard to date a co-worker though. Have you ever tried that? No, it's, I don't think I have. It's always, I haven't either, but I have, you know, worked in places where people were dating each other. It's always so much drama. Mm. So there you go. Don't date your coworkers. Yeah. So Vicky was also in the Telltale Games, which I didn't play. I was okay. curious if you wanted to say anything about her. And we, I don't know, spoilers yeah, maybe for the Telltale like Games? Yeah, it gets spoilery. So, okay, yeah. Vicky is in the Telltale Batman games. I'm sure that you, do you have like a little rundown? Do you have a synopsis of what happens? Because I'm going to recall as best I can. I do not have a synopsis, no. Okay, okay. So, again, spoilers for the Batman Telltale games. They're not that good, so I wouldn't recommend even playing them. Uh, you don't have to skip this. I can just tell you what happens. So Vicky ends up... Um, in the Telltale games, Bruce Wayne finds out that his parents were, like, not good people and were 
basically abducting their political rivals and putting them in the asylum to like silence them mm-hmm. and Vicky Vale was like one of the children of the people who got put in Arkham Asylum. So she becomes this villain that calls herself Lady Arkham, which is basically like the Arkham Knight, uh, where she like says that she fights for those people who were put in Arkham Asylum. And she is trying to like take down Bruce Wayne to get revenge for her parents. Okay. So, like, I only played... Okay, so the the first Telltale Batman series is five episodes long. I only played till, like, the end of the third episode where she gets revealed, like, as the villain. And I was like, this is a weird, stupid story, and I didn't <laughs> want to play anymore. Also, like, the gameplay wasn't engaging and all this other stuff. So, um, I think that she goes on to, like, in the end of the first series... She, like, seemingly dies in, like, a cave-in or something, but then she comes back for, like, the second or third sequel. I, I don't know. Yeah, but right. but that's, that's the rundown. It's basically, like, she is she has a grudge against Bruce Wayne because of what his parents did to her parents, and so she's, uh, she, like, tries to kill him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Joshua. Top-notch reporting in there. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. Uh, Vicky appears in a number of, like, animated... Batman stuff and you know we just mentioned she's in the video game she's in Arkham Asylum and all those other like she's in the Arkham series yeah yeah as she, well just as like you know Vicky Vale reporting on the scene blah blah uh, blah yeah, she, anytime, well, you, in, anytime you need like um, a you know talking head on a TV screen in like a DC adaptation you can pretty much always use Vicky yeah yeah so she in Arkham City she goes, she's like reporting on Arkham City and she flies over it in a helicopter and her helicopter gets downed by like a, a rocket propelled grenade or something. Great. So like her and Jack Ryder, the, another character who's like a reporter in Gotham City, they get stranded in Arkham City, which is like the section of the city that's been cordoned off to like only be run by the villains mm-hmm. in, in very much like a no man's land kind of way. Um, and so Batman has to, like, save her from the thugs and also, like, help her get out of the city, I think. Mm-hmm. I like how you're relating everything to No Man's Land because you're reading it right now. <laughs> it's Have you ever seen this tweet? It's like, guy who's only seen Boss Baby watching his second movie. This is giving me real Boss Baby vibes right now. <laughs> Well, it's just the fact that the Gotham getting sectioned off and the villains running it is a common trope, and it, it comes is. from No Man's no like Man's Land. No Man's Land is like the biggest story that did it, yeah. and and like one of the first stories that did it. So screw you, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, the really. Comics did it first. Yeah, the bridges being blown up and Gotham being sectioned off. It's not a completely original idea. Except in in that one, actually, I'm not sure. Does Batman have to like like slip across ice to get back? to Gotham. He does have to sneak back in, yeah. Does he have to do like a little penguin walk across the ice so he doesn't fall down? <laughs> no, I don't okay. think so. I don't think he actually does that in the movie, but like the river was frozen. Like that's what he would have had to do. In the movie, he does that bat symbol on the bridge and that he sets on fire to like let people know that he's back. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah. Actually, that's like in No Man's Land too, because in No Man's Land, the okay. villains mark their territory <laughs> okay. with uh, like graffiti tags. Okay. So when Batman comes back, he like marks his own graffiti tags to claim his own territories. Mm, real boss baby vibes. <laughs> Got it. Uh, one more little, not really a Vicky Vale fact, but she wasn't in Batman the Animated Series for some reason. Instead, they have a new character named Summer Gleason, who... Looks a lot like Vicky, has red hair, and is a reporter. I don't know why they couldn't just use Vicky and why they decided to create a whole new character, but whatever. We like Summer Gleason. She's fine. Yeah, Summer Gleason is a, is a good bubbly personality I have in the animated series. It is weird that they didn't use Vicky, but uh, I don't know. Maybe... Who knows? Bruce Tim and, and Paul Dini didn't want to use her? I don't, I don't know. Save her for something else? I don't know. No. So yeah, Vicky Vale. Yeah, that's, that's that. That's that. That's that. So the comic that we're gonna read, she's she's the editor, or she's the, sorry, the photographer for View Magazine, which kind of kind of seems like a People Magazine type thing, where it's a lot of like personal interest stories. Yeah. Um. Did, did she become more 
serious because I know that in the 89 movie she her her uh, work in Corto Maltese is like humanitarian work yeah so it's a little more serious than what she's doing for in, in the comic that we're gonna read I mean she's a malleable character it just depends on who's writing her like how serious they need her to be and how much they need her to get kidnapped <laughs> how much how much sympathy you need to have her for her before she gets kidnapped <laughs> okay well, let's get into the comic then. We're yes. going to do Batman number 98, The Secret of the Batmobile. Bum, bum, bum. We have a cover date of March 1956. The writer was Bill Finger. Our penciler was Sheldon Moldov. Inker is Charles Paris. And the letterer is Pat Gordon. So, you know, the, the regular writer, penciler, and inkers that we typically have. Mm-hmm. This is the third story of the issue, uh, and it... The other stories in this issue are where Bruce Wayne and other millionaires are held hostage on a desert island. Mm. A story where Batman and Robin go back in time and bring Jules Verne to the future so they can stop criminals from using a weapon that he invented. Okay. <laughs> and there's also an op-ed in this issue about police horses. We are reading the most, the least interesting story in this comic. <laughs> Yep. We should really, we should really redo this episode. (laughs) I want to do, man, I really want to do all of the ones where Batman gets sent back in time. Mm -hmm. Because the professor that sends him back in time plays a large role in a lot of these Silver Age comics. Okay, we'll we'll do an episode about him. I think we should. He should be, he should be the next, uh, what's his name? DC Denizen. His name is Carter Nichols. see. So... We've skipped over the op-ed about police horses uh, and criminal. We don't even get the a full title page for this story. That's how that's how much they thought of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two thirds of the front page. It shows the Batmobile chasing some criminals through a flood, and that gets touched on later on in the comic. The comic opens in media res while Batman and Robin are pursuing a new criminal who's making a getaway in a flashy yellow sports car. The new criminal is creatively named the Racer. <laughs> He even has like a little red scarf and like a helmet. Like he's out for a drive. Yeah, I mean he looks he looks like a speed racer or a stereotypical mm-hmm. like uh And spoiler, we never see his face or hear him speak. No, that's not true. He does have one or two lines. Does he? Okay. Yeah, he does. Basically his lines are like, I'm getting away, or I can't believe Batman caught me. Great. We don't uh, ever see his face, though. No, he's he's always... Uh, his car is always more prominent in the panels than he is. Mm. Cool so, car, though. I like it. Yeah, it is a pretty neat-looking car. I don't know. If I was going to try to get away from a crime I committed, I don't think I would choose a bright yellow sports car. <laughs> it seems a little obvious. Well, we'll learn later that he's doing more than just driving away in a bright yellow sports car. Okay. As the two... Make chase in the Batmobile in an attempt to capture the crook before he disappears. We're introduced to Vicky Vale. It's weird to me, and we'll get into this later in the comic, but at this point, Batman knows that he can't catch the racer, and yet he insists on trying. Yeah. <laughs> Very optimistic of him. Maybe he thinks that the racer's going to have a, a, a malfunction. Yeah. Or something. He should throw down those, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Caltrops? Ca- Caltrops, yeah. I'll stop him in his tracks. <laughs> Okay, so Vicki Vale, photographer of View Magazine, as we've already covered, she's emerging from a manhole cover after taking pictures for her feature on underground electric cablemen. Hanging out in the sewer, hashtag just girly things. <laughs> she ducks down at the warning of this, the worker that she is talking to, but it, she's able to snap a picture of the Batmobile as it speeds over top of her. I literally, she's like, ooh, the Batmobile. Hopefully I won't get decapitated. <laughs> and I ragged a lot on Vicky in DC Denizens for being a damsel in distress, but this does take balls. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't sit in a manhole cover to take a picture of a car speeding over top of me. Yeah. So after losing the racer, the dynamic duo return to Vicky, who tells them about the great pavement eye view photo that she just took of the Batmobile. Batman requests to see the photo, and after it's been developed at View Magazine's offices, they see that the high-speed camera took a clear picture of the underside of the Batmobile, which disturbs Batman, whose thought bubble informs us that if that picture is published, it will give away a secret that no one must know. Oh no. His car doesn't have an undercarriage. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. 
In order to suppress the photo, Batman proposes to Vicky that she run a multi-issue feature on the Batmobile and publish the newest photo at the end of the feature, to which Vicky agrees on the caveat that Batman write the feature for her, more or less. Pretty much. <laughs> Basically, like, give me all of the information and sure, I'll, I'll put it out. Mm -hmm. The comic then asks the reader if they can figure out what the secret picture will reveal. It's a puzzle. You're involved. <laughs> exactly. Play along at home. Play along at home, everybody. <laughs> Batman sends Vicky the first entry of the series, and Vicky views his eagerness as suspicious, while her editor doesn't care and begins reading the first tale, which is about the time that Batman utilized the Batmobile during a hurricane, which the comic simply refers to as the Great Hurricane. It doesn't give the hurricane a name at all. <laughs> I can see in your notes that you're not going to mention this, so let me just say this first. Okay. Okay. So they're 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 outfitting the Batmobile with like you know these heavy things to weigh it down. Uh huh. And Robin says, uh, "We've got to hurry. The gale's rising to peak strength, and with the police cars immobilized, looters may start working." Uh huh. So it rubs me the wrong way that maybe it's just Robins, but the first instinct in a hurricane is to go out and discourage looting. <laughs> Controversial opinion. We can argue on this if you want to. But in a natural disaster, that store's merchandise is already insured. And if you're stealing, especially food, medicine, or supplies, that shouldn't be considered a crime. And regarding looting of valuables, I read an article from 2017 that was published in the Washington Post titled, Looting Rumors and Fear of Crime Often Exaggerated After Natural Disasters. And here's a few choice quotes. Okay. I'm getting on my soapbox now. Okay, okay. Quote, Fears of looting are common in disasters and maybe even more common than actual looting itself, says Andy Horowitz, an assistant professor of history at Tulane University who focuses on disasters. He says fear of crime is typical after a massive disaster when peace of mind goes with the rest. If a person lacks basics such as clean water and a dry place to put their children to sleep, feeling frazzled and grasping for anything that will restore a sense of order becomes attractive, Horowitz said. Another quote, there's no doubt that on any given day, there are people who, go, who are going to steal other people's stuff, says retired Army Lieutenant General Russell L. Honoré, who helped oversee the military response to Hurricane Katrina. But what we see after these storms is greatly is a greatly over-exaggerated concern. Hmm. And it ties back into, like, a lot of racism. Like, I rem distinctly remember after Katrina, there was people comparing two photographs of people who were wading through chest high waters with supplies. And one was of a white woman and it said, you know, this person finding food and supplies. And the other was of a black woman and it says woman looting food and supplies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And those were both like published photographs in like, you know, very similar publications. It's, and you know what? You should just be able to, especially a natural disaster, just who cares? Who cares about the laws? Stay alive. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not saying go out and steal TVs, but you know what? Like mm -hmm. the like the army general said, on any given day, people are going to try to steal other people's stuff. And you know what? That TV's waterlogged anyway. It's probably not worth anything. Gotham's already got a crime problem. <laughs> Counterpoint. Okay, counterpoint. It's not up to Batman and Robin to stop people from finding supplies in a natural disaster. <laughs> Okay. Well, they don't actually ever come across looters in Good. this story. Good. Uh, so as you said, Batman and Robin weld plates of metal to the sides of the Batmobile in order to weigh it down and protect it from debris. And during their patrol, they see that a tree has fallen on a hospital, which has taken out the power lines and caved in one of the walls. When they go to investigate, they are told by the hospital staff that the tree has also smashed the motor that runs the hospital's backup generator. So, thinking quickly, they connect a drive belt from the Batmobile's engine to the hospital's generator, providing power to the hospital and saving lives. I'm glad to see they did something useful, like starting up a hospital's generator, rather than something useless, like stopping a person who has lost everything from finding food. <laughs> I don't think there's any thing that they said that they think people are looking for food. This is happening during the hurricane. I'm just saying. People should have bought food beforehand and hunkered down with it. I'm just saying. Anyway, back in the present, Vicky wonders aloud, if the Batmobile's so great, why can't they catch the racer? That same night, Batman and Robin tail the racer who ducks into the traffic of a drive-in theater and is able to lose the Cape Crusader by speeding away. 
It's dangerous to do after leaving a drive-in theater. Everyone's just sort of, you know, all over the place. Yeah. It's no, yeah. like, you know, traffic lines. Well, it's sort of shown that he, like, weaves through the cars, and then the cars, like, drive together to fill in the gaps, and then Batman can't get through those gaps. Also very unsafe. He needs to have... Like a little thingy A siren, like he does in the 66 TV He's series. He's deputized, dang it. He is a deputized... <laughs> Yeah, deputized uh, officer of the law, mm-hmm. according to the editors of the Batman mm-hmm. comics. In the U.S. and Mexico. So back at the the View, or the VU magazine, Vicky hears that the racer has escaped Batman for a second time, and she believes that she knows what Batman is attempting to hide. Instead of listening to her, her editor once again dismisses her out of hand to read the latest story that Batman has sent them. Mm-hmm. And this time... It's Shut a... up, Vicky. Batman sent me a letter. <laughs> it's exactly what it is, though, honestly. <laughs> this time, it's about a time that Batman and Robin outfitted the Batmobile with a quote-unquote duck chassis, which just sort of looks like a regular, a rectangular wooden boat that has holes cut out of it for the wheels that they, like, put on the underneath of the Batmobile. In my mind, it looks like, um, like, yellow, like like floaties like (laughs) like that you might see on like oh you think it's you think it's like a raft like you think it's like a a a plastic inflatable (laughs) yeah uh question have you ever ridden up a duck boat yes of course i rode a duck boat uh oh man i forget where it was exactly they have them in philly i know they do have them in philly i never rode them in philly okay i rode a duck boat in baltimore once it was the yeah. only good part of that trip. I think I, you know what? I think I did. Baltimore, Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty no, sure. No, the other Baltimore. Baltimore, <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to drive it too. They like, what? when we were out on the water, like I was young, I was, I was probably like six or something. And they like, the, the driver was like, come up here. And so I got to put my hands on the <gasps> steering wheel and like steer it through the water. That's bull. <laughs> I want to drive a duck boat. I was like 13. I get to drive it. Well, you're too old. <laughs> Lame. And then they give you those those uh, those things that look yeah. like duck bills and that make rawr, noise, rawr, rawr, rawr. and they annoy everyone on all the children on the boat annoy all of the adults. Yep, and then go out into the street, and you know Baltimore is not the nicest city, <laughs> but you can wander through the streets with your little duck bill going rawr, 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 to random strangers. <laughs> so it's got that going for it. So, I hate Baltimore. I have uh, I have uh, vowed to never go back. Okay. The, the reason that they're doing this is because uh, a dam broke at a nearby town and flooded the, again, creatively named North Town. <laughs> they drive into North Town and spot a boat full of criminals looting the flooded town's valuables. Written by a Fox News producer. <laughs> who believe that Batman cannot give chase in the Batmobile and who are surprised when it actually does. They're on like a yacht. They're on... They took out their looting yacht. It looks like a it looks like a fish trawler to me. Like it, it's a big boat though. Like it looks like the boat that's in the Jaws movie. <laughs> uh The criminals flee believing that the Batmobile cannot catch their speedboat. But Batman shortcuts across land at a bend in the river and is able to catch the criminals unawares, which uh, they're surprised about. And Batman tells them, you'll have a nice long time in jail to figure out how he caught them. (laughs) Back in the present, Vicky compares her picture to an older picture of the Batmobile and is certain that she knows what Batman is attempting to hide. Still uninterested in Vicky's search for the truth, View's editor continues reading yet another story about the Batmobile's greatest feats. The final story is also the most recent and tells of how Batman and Robin outfitted the Batmobile with snowmobile equipment, with treads replacing the rear tires and skis replacing the front tires, all in order to transport Joe Blair, the missing witness in a trial that will prove the defendant's innocence. Mm. He unfortunately was up in the mountains when we really needed him. Yeah. The Batmobile dodges a snowslide on the way there uh, to the, uh, yes, again, creatively named Hilltown. Should be Mountain Town. <laughs> uh, they pick up Mr. Blair, but they are blocked by an ice avalanche on the way back. Why don't they just take a whirly bat? 
Uh, actually, there is a comment by Robin who says something about the it's too thick of a... Oh, even a helicopter can't fly. Yeah, even I a helicopter can't fly through this, this snowstorm. Dang, that's why I'm not a member of the Bat family. You're not, you're not, uh... I don't have the forethought. <laughs> you're not observant enough no. to read the words that are coming out of Robin's mouth. No. <laughs> so, anyway, the they move quickly so as not to miss the trial. Batman and Robin chop down some nearby trees, and create a makeshift battering ram to break through the wall of snow and ice. They are successful, but the crash damages the Batmobile's engine badly. Back in the present, Batman and Robin finish the repairs on the Batmobile from this most recent encounter and reveal the secret that they've been keeping. The Batmobile that they've been using since that crash in Hilltown has been Bruce Wayne's red convertible sports car with the Batmobile's body placed on top of it. Ooh, like a Frankenstein car. Come over here into my corner. It's Josh's Fact Corner. It's been a while. (laughs) It has been a while. This corner's dusty. So... Let's talk about the red Batmobile. I thought it was interesting that the sports car that Bruce Wayne is using to place the Batmobile body over top of is a red convertible. Batman's first appearance in Detective Comics number 27, all the way back in 1939, shows him driving a red sedan. Not long after, in Detective Comics number 30, he is shown driving a, what the comic calls, specially built high-powered auto, which is a red sports car. In Detective Comics number 37, he drives a black convertible that then goes back to driving a red sedan just an issue later during the introduction of Dick Grayson, and then two issues after that goes back to the black convertible. The man has a lot of cars. He does have a lot of cars, it's true. And the first car to be called the Batmobile was a red convertible. It was in Detective Comics number 48 in 1941, and that same year, not long after, the uh, Batmobile that is recognizable as the Golden Age Batmobile that has the bat face on the front and the tail fin was introduced in Batman issue number five. It would stay that way up until 1950 when we are introduced to the 1950 Batmobile that is present in this comic. Okay. (laughs) So there's your rundown. Very quick history on the Batmobile. But I think it's really cool that they keep in continuity that Batman always drives a red sports car. Mm. And there's other media where Batman drives a red sports car. In the Telltale games... Interestingly, Hmm. he drives a red sports car that kind of looks like a Ferrari or like a Lamborghini, and it actually has technology like inside of it that changes its paint scheme from a red sports car to like a black sports car, which is pretty cool. It's like a reference to the uh, (laughs) like to to the old comics. That's very cool. I think usually in the Nolan verse, he just drives like a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, well, he drives, what is it, in the Snyderverse, he drives a Mercedes. Basically, whoever, like, whichever, whichever fancy car company pays Warner Brothers the most to have their car featured as Batman's car gets the the representation, Mm -hmm. in the movies, at least. Uh, In animation and the comics, I think they have a little more leeway to play with what kind of cars he drives. Mm -hmm. So, not only did Batman not want criminals to know that he had been handicapped by not having the real Batmobile, but Vicky's picture of the undercarriage of his fake Batmobile is so clear that identifying part numbers on the vehicle could be used to track the car back to Bruce Wayne and expose his secret identity. I think that would take so much research, though, to be like, it part, would. part numbers and back to manufacturing. So, I was trying to figure out what exactly... because. In the comic, Batman specifically calls it uh, the motor number, Mm -hmm. but in cars, the number, like the identifying number on a motor is on the top of the motor. Mm -hmm. Like when you open up the hood, you would be able to read it from... That's how good her picture was. (laughs) (laughs) You could see it in the reflection of the underside of the hood or something. It's like a CSI bit where they like... (laughs) Zoom and enhance. Zoom and enhance. There's um Okay, no lie. There's an episode of CSI where they take a picture of a woman who's like looking at the city. They zoom in on her iris and they're able from that to like 
look around like her eye reflects off of like a tv screen and they're able to go to the reflection on the tv screen in the reflection of her eye to like see a crime being committed it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life that show is stupid isn't csi also the show where they had the people hacking and like two people sit down at the keyboard and start furiously punching numbers i don't know if that was csi but i know what you're talking about (laughs) no my favorite is um i don't know remember which show this was maybe it was ncis or something where that's ncis is the one with the hacking scene they they asked somebody to hack something and she's like okay i'll make a gooey interface using visual basic which is like nonsense Uh, oh, crime dramas. Oh, crime dramas. <laughs> so anyway, it, this is another case of the editors not knowing what the heck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I retconned it for them, saying that, that the part numbers on the bottom of the Batmobile is something that could be traced back. You know, we've, we've uh, smack-talked Bill Finger enough in his grave. I'm sure he appreciates you <laughs> with that retcon. <laughs> the only other thing that I could think of was, like, maybe you can see the license plate also from like the underneath of of the car and it says i am burr wayne <laughs> br wayne <laughs> so that's why it's important that they stop vicky from releasing the photo with the real batmobile ready for action after they've finished up repairs on it the dynamic duo again pursue the racer but are this time able to keep up with him and discover what batman had uh, sort of thought the whole time, and I don't know why he didn't act on this, uh, that the racer has been vanishing by loading his car into a waiting getaway truck. Hmm. So he wasn't just driving away, he was driving away, and as soon as he's out of sight, he loads his car into a truck so that nobody knows to look for him. Who closes the door? I'm pretty sure that this is a plot point in like one of the Fast and Furious movies. (laughs) For who closes the door? No, 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 no. Like, oh. the, them loading up their cars into a truck. Into a truck. I mean, I know they have their cars on a train at one point. Yeah. They put their cars in space. <laughs> they... I don't know where they're... How much bigger they can go than space at this point. Oh, there's only one more movie, right? I don't know. They just continue making those movies. Mm. Can't go much bigger than space. Next time, I bet they're going to drive through time. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> it's exciting. So... After they've apprehended the criminal, Vicky confronts Batman and Robin about what they tried to hide from her. She informs them that she knows that they were using a fake Batmobile on the day she took the photo. Batman fesses up and is able to get back the the quote-unquote worthless picture of the imitation Batmobile, which is Vicky's words, not his, mm-hmm. uh, after agreeing to pose with the real one for Vicky. She says to him, you'll learn you can't fool me. And he goes, I guess you're right. You're just too sharp for us, Vicky. Vicky continues her trend of being the dumbest woman in Batman's life. And maybe all of Gotham. Uh, There's a lot of dumb women in Gotham. She's up there. There's there's a lot of dumb people in general in Gotham. Like the guy who doesn't want to hear Vicky on the verge of discovering Batman's secrets. Or the toy seller who just leaves his merchandise strewn all over the sidewalk. (laughs) That was very upsetting to Joshua. (laughs) I got so mad about it. So moral of the story is control the narrative. Mm Mm-hmm. Make sure that the criminals don't know when you're using a fake Batmobile. Exactly. And don't let anyone publish an unauthorized photo of you. That's illegal, I think. You do have to, I guess you have to sign waivers if you're on those shows where they like talk to people on the street. Yeah, you do. But you are allowed to like take videos of cops and stuff and post it on YouTube. I don't know how that works. I don't know, because you don't make money off of it. Maybe. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, because if Vicky's, Vicky's making money off of it because she's publishing it in her magazine, mm-hmm. she probably needs to get at least his permission. Mm-hmm. He could have just denied her permission. Although, he did say, like, you know, if I tell her she can't use it, she'll get suspicious and, and study it even closer. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's the moral of the story. Um, that is the end of Batmates, I believe. Yep. If anyone would like to reach us, you can reach us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Batmates. Goodbye, everyone. Have Have a good good week. week.